in the Lord gives us a work to do. Let us not stop to inquire into the reasonableness of the command or the probable result of our efforts to obey. The supply in our hands may seem to fall far short of our needs, but in the hands of the Lord it will be more than sufficient. The servitors set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the law. We need greater faith. We should have a fuller sense of God's relationship to those whom he has purchased with the blood of his only begotten Son. We should exercise faith in the onward progress of the work of the kingdom of God. Now notice this next sentence. Let us waste no time in deploring the scantiness of our visible resources. But let us make the best use of what we have. Now, there's several words there that we want to study. How is a way to waste time? What does deploring mean? Oh, I wish. Let us waste no time in deploring feeling bad about, wishing something were different. About what? The scantiness of our resources. What scantiness mean? Not enough. Is that what Philip saw at Galilee? Is that what Elisha's servant saw at the school of the prophets? He saw the what? Scantiness. Does scantiness mean nothing? It means what? It doesn't look like what? It doesn't look like enough. Let us waste no time in deploring the scantiness of our visible resources. What are resources? Any resources there? Well, you hope there are. <laughs> if we're going to build a building, lumber, cement, mortar, glass, those are what? Resources. Resources are not the building. They're what we, what we use to make the building. Is money a resource? Oh, yeah. Is time... Huh? Men are resources. Men are resources. Time, talent. talent, strength, wisdom. Let us waste no time in deploring the scantiness of our visible resources. Why does it say our visible resources? <laughs> That's what we are tempted to murmur about, isn't it? My, my. If uh, when our eyes are open like Elisha's servants were, and we see the chariots of fire and horses of fire all around the city, then do we cry? No, no. 
because then we're looking at the what? Invisible. But we don't see them. All Elisha's servants saw was Elisha and himself, the servant. And he said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha said, Don't worry about that because there's more with us than those that are with them. And what did Elisha pray? That the Lord would do what? Open the young man's eyes. Now, I don't know whether Elisha saw the angels there or not, but he knew they were there. But the young man didn't, and so he was what? He was deploring the scantiness of the visible resources. Now, dear friends, I'm greatly impressed with something. I shared it with you Friday night, and I'm sharing it again with you tonight. God is training workers on this campus to go all over the world and do impossible things. Do you believe that? And the way to do that is to have as much help as possible in every department, have the best equipment in every department, and the money to pay all the bills. That's the best way to train workers to go out where the money is less and the workers are fewer and the equipment less and do a great work. Am I correct in what I've just said? Huh? Well, you were listening, weren't you? Yes. But I'm not sure it has dawned upon us, the connection between the two things. We are tempted at times to think that something is wrong, either with somebody else or with us. If we can't see all that we need to get a certain job done. Some of us are tempted more to blame other people, and some, some of us are tempted more to kick ourselves around the block. But either way, it's a lack of what? A lack of faith. A lack of faith. David met the giant with what? Some stones he picked up in the brook, and the slingshot he had in his pocket. He had a pocket, otherwise wrapped around his arm. Let us waste no time in deploring the scantiness of our visible resources. My dear friends, what we need at Wildwood is not the equipment of Lomalinder Kettering. God bless them in the work they're called to do. But Wildwood is not to be agriculturally, medically, educationally, construction-wise, evangelistically, any other way. It is not to be a place where all kinds of equipment and a wonderful number of personnel do something that is marvelous and machines and men get the credit. No, this is not to be. If God is training workers to go out to Africa, to go to Canada, to go to other places whose names we don't yet know, and open work in new territory with few resources, I ask again, how will he get them ready? Do you students do you want to be challenged? Well, tell the Lord you're willing to be challenged 
and God will give you the opportunity in your own personal experience of meeting emergencies, financial, health-wise, trying to do a job when you don't have the tools you think you need, and so on, all kinds of emergencies and opportunities to develop in you faith and initiative, ingenuity in doing what you can with what you have where you are. Remember that the early church, starting with 12 men, carried the message to the whole world in less than 40 years. And they did it without a telephone, without a telegraph, without a radio, no TV, no automobile, no automobile, not even a jet plane. And folks, we could plaster the wall with the list of the inventions they didn't have. And they got their job done. And as I said Friday night, the last sheaves that are going to be gathered in this world are going to be gathered with a hand sickle. Men and women and youth filled with the Holy Spirit are going to work hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart on a one-to-one basis. Now, we'll not get from where we are to that overnight. But, oh, I trust that we shall appreciate this fact. Christ works through those who discern mercy in misery, gain in the loss of all things. When the light of the world passes by, privileges appear in all hardships, order in confusion, the success and wisdom of God in that which has seemed to be faded. If you want that statement, it's in volume 7, the chapter addressed to the teachers in our schools. But now let's come back to my sentence I'm studying here. Let us waste no time in deploring the scantiness of our visible resources. But let us make the best use of what we have. Though the outward appearance may be unpromising, energy and trust in God will develop resources. I want to learn to do that. What do you say, sir? I want to learn to do that. I'll tell you the way God has been leading my heart, praying. It's to sense more and more how utterly inadequate I am to the opportunities of this moment. But I don't mind that. I've learned by the experience of nearly half a century that God gets us down when he wants to bring a work up. He lets us get little in our own eyes and sometimes in the eyes of others, when he wants to really accomplish something in pushing forward his program. So if God lets you have personally, or as departments, as divisions, as individuals or families, if he lets you have experiences that humble you, thank him for it. Thank him for it. I'll have to tell you this. It's amazing to me how God is letting one experience of prosperity after another come to this program. Along with it, we've got to have some humbling experience. Or else, 
we'll get so conceited like Lucifer did that uh, it won't be good for us. Don't worry, we don't have to manufacture them. But let's just thank God for them when they come. And if they come in little ways, if in your home, your personal life, or in your department, you don't have all the money you wish, or all the help you wish, or all the resources you wish, or all the equipment you wish. Thank God for the privilege of looking up to heaven as Jesus did with the barley loaves. Ask him to bless what you have and start breaking the bread. Start using what you have with thanksgiving, not with lamentation. No, no, with thanksgiving. Expect this. Because may I tell you, friends, this is the order of battle from now on. And if we don't know it, we'll be confused and we won't know how to fight for God. This is the way it's to be done. Thank God, friends. We'll have a Gideon's 300 that'll go ahead with nothing but some pitchers and some lamps inside and trumpets. And they'll put the Midianites to flight. It'll be done. It'll be done. Thank God. Let's have hearts of faith. Do what we can with what we have. And if that gets cut in half, let's go right ahead. And if it get cut, gets cut in half again, let's go right ahead. Now, sometimes we need wisdom not to attempt more than we ought to with what we have. We need wisdom from God to combine good sense and faith. They're not strangers to each other. They belong together. The other point that I wanted to mention in this short time we spend in this part of the meeting is this. God is looking for workers who have proved themselves to be dependent. The two thoughts, the other one I gave you and this one, are very closely connected. He that is faithful in that which is least, Jesus says, is what? Faithful also in much. Right where you are, in the home where you are, in the department where you are, in the classroom where you are, in the evangelistic area where you're laboring, God is developing you for tomorrow's opportunity. Today's opportunities are tremendous. But it's what you do with today that's getting you ready for tomorrow. Back to what we said a moment ago. Can you take small resources and start in and do a work for God? Another question. Can you get along with people? Can you get along with superiors? I use that word superior in a proper sense, not that a man in greater responsibility is worth anymore, but we all know we have, everybody has somebody to look to, don't they? I know I do, and I hope every one of you does. I hope you're not deprived of that privilege. Somebody to help direct your life, your work, your program. Can you get along with people like that? Or do they get in your head? Or do you give them a hard time? How do you integrate with those 
to whom properly you look for direction, those that properly look to you for help and assistance in the home, in the church, in the sanitary, in the office, on the farm, in the evangelistic endeavor. Does the man, the woman who has charge of your work in a given area at a given time, does that individual feel toward you as somebody they can count on, somebody that's a real helper? And on the other hand, do you look to them as somebody you can trust, somebody that you appreciate, somebody that you can work with? Well, you say, Brother Virginia, you just don't know the people I have to work with. No. Maybe you'd like to transfer to Joseph's school. How would you like to be in Potiphar's house for 10 years and then get kicked out into jail just for being faithful? How would you like to be put in the dungeon with your feet in the stocks, trying to get promoted to be head prisoner, but never out of jail? What was God doing with Joseph? teaching in these lessons I'm talking about. There's not a soul here. Maybe I ought to say except one, so you can choose to be that one if you want to. There's not a soul here except one that's had a hard, as hard a condition as Joseph did. See, I left room for you. Oh, friend, do you know why God has put you in the particular problems you have because they are the very training essential for tomorrow's needs and opportunities. Brother Wilson and I were talking only today on the telephone. We were talking about certain needs and opportunities in a situation a long way from here. And we agreed this that those who are in leadership or places of responsibility in these various institutions are simply taking their examinations. I ask you this question. Does taking an examination prove that you pass? Did anybody ever take an examination and not pass? That's why they have examinations, isn't it? to see who can pass and who can't. Listen, when you're put at a job, you leaders, and every one of you has some responsibility, but the greater your responsibility, the greater is the fact that you're on trial, you're in examination, and you never get past that. I'm going through an examination right now, my friend. And to borrow a phrase, that's more truth than poetry. And I know it. Oh, friends, I pray that God will help me to pass the examination. I pray it for every one of you. Don't look over on your neighbor's paper. You're not supposed to do that in examination anyway. And the set of questions God has given you is not the one that your neighbor has. See and seize the opportunity that you have to deal with problems 
That's what examinations are made out of. Problems. Problems. And in your home, in the classwork, in the evangelistic work, in your work department, and in your personal lives. Grab those problems like a dog grabs a rat or a cat goes after a mouse. Catch it. Catch it. Don't let it get away from you. God is getting you ready for tomorrow. God bless you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.